You're listening to a Radio 1 91FM podcast. Coming up now, we look at a scenario playing out across the ditch in Australia. We're asking your landlord for a reference from a previous tenant may soon become more than a simple leftist pipe dream. And we speak to Green MP Chloe Swarbrick about the situation. What started out as a joke may now become legislation for Australian comedian Tom Cashman, whose landlord reference stunt has now made its way to the Australian Capital Territory State Government where an Australian Labour MP has put forward a bill to enable tenants to ask their landlords for a reference from a previous tenant. Australian comedian Tom Cashman went viral on social media platform TikTok when he was rejected by a potential landlord after asking them for a reference from a previous tenant. The saga continued when he was further rejected from another rental property simply for having asked the previous potential landlord for a reference without ever having even asked this potential landlord themselves. The saga has sparked debate around the power imbalance between landlords and tenants, with landlords often asking potential tenants for three or more references for a rental property before offering them a lease, compared to tenants who often know little about the landlord before taking on said lease. R1 News spoke to Green Party MP Chloe Swarbrick this morning about her thoughts on landlord references. Okay, sweet. So um, my first question was just, what is your take on that landlord reference saga? Uh, my take is that that tenant has uh, a lot of balls that <laughs> <laughs> uh, inside a, a, a kind of system of renting, which is you know relatively similar to here in Aotearoa, uh, for somebody to showcase that things can be done differently and where there is the best balance of power, uh, yeah, just, just really showcasing the problems inside of the system. Cool. Um, and so if asking for landlord references was to become the norm, do you think that that is something that should be protected at a legislative level or just left as kind of an informal process? So if we start from first principles, uh, the kinds of things that I and the groups have been advocating for now for a number of years is that we have to completely overhaul the way that we look at the system. So we currently have a situation where, you know, better than the status quo, we've implemented anything from a healthy home standard, where it is required that properties that are being lent out uh, have reached model what we see working really successfully in different places in Europe, 
show those who are consistently failing on reaching those standards to be blacklisted and not able to continue to operate in the way that, for example, right now, if a landlord or property manager has taken multiple times over through the tenancy tribunal and consistently found to be in the wrong, they can continue to engage in that bad practice with next to no uh, kind of big-time responsibilities thereafter. So then on that landlord wasp idea, do you, would a landlord reference become a part of that or is that a separate issue? Well, it would be something that would be held uh, by the government effectively or by the Ministry of Business Innovation and Employment, who currently holds all bond lodgement data. So we have a system that at the moment <laughs> in place if we just wanted to maximise the efficacy. So it wouldn't be the same kind of thing as a tenant coming forward and saying, hey, look, I want to see your subjective version of what you think your references are, a la a CV when somebody's applying for a job, but it would in fact be something which is held centrally, which says, you know, this landlord picks all these boxes, here's how many homes that they own, uh, and here's the amount of times that they may have been taken to tenancy tribunal, here's the amount of times that they have had consequences for bad behaviour, here's Um, and so then do you think that a landlord reference in in kind of the sense of how a tenant gives a reference would have much of an effect or serve much of a purpose in the current housing crisis? Uh, look, I, it's really, really clear that we are failing as a nation when it comes to the things that we signed up to under the UN uh, housing and human adequate housing actually as a human right, which can be broken down into seven parts, including things like affordability. Uh, very evidently, Housing is not affordable in this country. Uh, you know, if you are to take into account, for example, statistics New Zealand data, uh, most recently uh, pulled together at the end of last year in 2021, we know that you know affordable housing is considered, at the very least, that somebody is spending less than 30% of their income on those housing costs. But we know for a fact that one in four renters, compared to one in nine homeowners, are spending more than 40% of their income on housing costs. We also obviously know about all of those compounding issues with regards to skyrocketing house prices and how, you know, the opportunity to get into a home of your own as a renter continues to slip further and further away, despite paying more of your income on a weekly basis on the cost of housing. Uh, so all of those things around kind of affordability and the inbuilt power imbalance and the fact that we have treated housing effectively as a Ponzi scheme or as a game of monopoly in this country for far too long, including by virtue of a very special tax treatment. We're the only country in the OECD without a capital gains tax. Uh, all of those things speak to the fact that we cannot just tinker around the edges. So sure, you know, putting uh, in place right now some kind of requirement for landlords to put forward a reference no, it, it would definitely make uh, some tenants feel a bit better, especially those who've had really bad experiences of being screwed over, and it wouldn't fix the fundamentals. And that's why it's really important that we do those basics. We fix the fundamentals of the system, because far too often, I think that's been based around things like the cost of housing, and I'm regularly told by those who represent property investment interests that, you know what, young people should get used to just renting the, the, the rest of their life. It's not inherently a bad thing. No one's saying it's inherently a bad thing, but the system at the moment and the way that we've set our economy up for our house to be somebody's ticket to borrowing, to start a business or whatever else, that equity and security in your retirement does demonstrate that there needs to be substantial systemic change in order to make renting for somebody's lifetime an actual viable thing. Um, and so, so last question for you. On that idea that people are going to be renting forever and ever and ever, 
what do you think the biggest balance of power issue between tenants and landlords is? Uh, it's fundamentally, you know, if you really to boil it down to the basics, and it may sound dark to say this, but it's the fact that landlords own the place and that the tenants do not hold that security, so therefore have next to no leverage in the same way that a landlord might be able to kick somebody out. And again, that's where we get down into uh, tenants or rental protections and rights, uh, but also those things around uh, kind of affordability and recoupable otherwise. That was Green MP Chloe Swarbrick on landlord references and the potential for a landlord warrant of fitness. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.